I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And uh, I worked in hymens and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later. Having a good time, baby, having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby, having a good time. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, another, another great, great uh, intro song. I mean, it's the same one as always, but it just feels good every time. Troy Ritchie, my friend, created that, and it's just a fun vibe. And we're here in studio at the We're Having a Good Time podcast, and it's a beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm happy to be here. I missed the podcast last week because I had I left early to go down to Alabama uh, for my shows. And uh, I'll talk all about that here. I want to say that uh, Facebook sent me an email the other day and said, hey, would you like to add your podcast to your Facebook page? And I thought, you know what, that'd be great. I didn't know Facebook had that option. I think the option's fairly new. I have a decent amount of people that follow me, almost 20,000 people that follow me on Facebook. And I thought, you know what? That'd be great. I'd love to do that. Hopefully, my podcast could reach new people that way. So I said, you know what, Facebook? Let's do it. And then I did it. And immediately, I got flagged for all the songs that I've been playing all this time. I mean, I got so many notifications about how I have violated uh, Sony Music and Warner Brother Music, and they were so mad. They were like, you can't use our songs. You have to delete these. So I just went ahead and took it off of Facebook. Um, I don't understand. Like, I get it. Like, I get the whole royalty thing. Like, I understand it. But it's like... I'm not using their music as an intro song. I'm not using it for anything else other than to say, hey, this is a really great song. Listen to it. And then I play a little bit of it. I'm not, I'm not like using it for profit. I'm not making money off their song. Actually, I don't make money at all from this podcast. So I was like, okay, Facebook, way to, way to rope me into something and trap me into something. Uh, but that's over now. I deleted it off there. No big deal. Uh, so, hey, let's get into a little where we've been, where we're going. Where they going? Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going, where we've been. Okay. So where have we been and where are we going? This is where we've been. Auburn, Alabama to the crown of comedy, comedy club. Uh, I had never been there before. I am from Opelika, Alabama. And if you don't know, the Opelika, Auburn area is, um, you know, kind of, they, they, they share the same courthouse and a newspaper, the Opelika, Auburn News. It used to kind of be the Village Mall was the Opelika, Auburn Mall. Auburn took that over and called themselves the Auburn Mall now, but don't matter. Nobody goes to the mall these days anyway. Not just specifically that one, but any of them, I guess. I don't know. I don't know people that go there. I used to spend a lot of time in what we used to call the Village Mall. Uh, while was we, we were an, an annoying group of people, we would go to the mall and harass people. We got banned from the hat shack cause we were so annoying to the girl that worked there. We used to go and try to get free cookies and it's like, we had no money and we we're just roaming around causing trouble, but I had a great time at the crown of comedy. Uh, we did three shows and as my, and Evan Burke went and featured for me. And as Evan said, it was like speed dating family reunion for me. And I say it's like speed dating family reunion and class reunion. But so a lot of family and friends came and I'm very appreciative of it because people, some people came that I went to high school with that I wasn't particularly friends with. Like I, like I wasn't enemies with them, but I'm just like, we went to school together, but we weren't really like friends. You know what I mean? We were friendly. So it was nice to see them come out. Some people's parents came out. 
my middle school PE teacher, Mr. Wilson, came out, Coach Wilson. And Coach Wilson, I got in trouble so much in PE. I was so shocked to see him because I thought if I were Coach Wilson, I would never come to see me ever again. But I said to him, I said, man, I gave you so much trouble back in the day. And he was like, we had a lot of fun back then. And I just think we were annoying, but just good kids. And I just got in trouble a lot. But um but for talking and for stuff like that. And he came to the show and he's retired now. He came to the show, sat in the front row. My, a couple of people's parents came that I went to school with. A lot of my family showed up. It was just so fun. It was such a blast. But I will say this, prior to this, I had only ever like gone to Opelika and did like one show. I did um, the uh, event center downtown with uh, Lisa... Uh, what is her last name? Dang, why can I not think of her last name? But I'll come up with it. But um, she owns the event center downtown. I've done a show there. I did a show at O-Town Ice Cream with my friend Angela Bonafaro. And those were always great, right? But they're one-off shows. So I pop into town, I do one show. So I don't get to kind of shake off the weirdness of having all my family there. All right, but with these shows, I did three. So Thursday was super weird for me. There was a lot going on. The club had really loud music playing, pop songs. I mean, I've had Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber stuck in my head since I left Auburn because of that. These are like weird, catchy songs that must be satanic because they are just trapped in my head. And it is like I'm living... Uh, a teenage dream and I kissed a girl and I liked it and uh, party in the USA and it is just it's too much I don't even like those songs and I don't listen to them but I'll be like we are like like a tea I don't even know how to do the song I don't even uh, I kissed a girl and I liked it you know what I mean that song it's been stuck in my head party in the USA I'm like what's happening to me and uh, my dad came to every show my mom came to uh one show she was going to come to two but she only ended up coming to one but she bought like 19 tickets and came with a ton of people um i had you know so i would be at the merch table standing at the merch table and it would be like boom here's an uncle i haven't seen in years boom here's a person i went to high school with that i haven't seen in 20 years it's like imagine trying to play catch up and as each one of them would come up it would be like like wave of memories it was like a part of my brain would open up that i completely forgot about where i'm like oh i forgot about this person and then i remember remembering them and uh, so I went through all of that, a lot of family. So Thursday was a weird night for me, but Friday and Saturday got a lot better because I got used to that. And, uh, but then on top of that, me and my friend, Matt are filming a little bit. Uh, we're filming a documentary. Uh, Matt's never filmed the documentary, but he's very good. He's filmed a couple of my on the road videos and, um, I've never, you know, been in a documentary. So, you know, I say we're, we're, you know, we're working on it. So who knows what will happen, but I have no doubt that Matt is going to come out with something pretty awesome. So we went to the trailer park that I grew up in, which is all mostly gone. We went to my dad's farm. We went to the Western Sizzlin parking lot. Uh, we went to downtown Opelika. We went out to Big Rock, the place I used to play at. Uh, and then we had, I'm just going to name some people. These are people that I grew up with. We had uh, like Brandy Edwards, Wendy Taylor, my friend Shane Newsom, Kyle Hester, Aaron Bass, James Decker, my mom, my dad, and my former art teacher, Mr. Conway, all did interviews for the documentary. I don't think I missed anyone. Oh, oh, and Jimmy Baggett. So we got some really interesting stuff, but I just let Matt conduct all the interviews, so I don't even know what was said and what went on. Uh, so I can't wait to see it. And we're going to try to do a Charleston version of this. Um, but I don't know if I'll be able to do it on this trip or not. But And then we're going to do some Nashville stuff. But also I had a guy on Thursday night host named Sean Jackson and a uh, Eric Lonez from Chattanooga uh, host on um, Friday and Saturday. And I was very happy to see Eric. I, I've... 
I never really spent a lot of time hanging out with Eric, but uh, because he hosts for me sometimes when I'm in Chattanooga and he lives in Chattanooga, so he'll do the show and then go home. But on Friday night, we were kind of all in town. So we all, me and him, Matt and Evan went out and got pizza and we're like all uh, late. Like I think Evan is the youngest, early thirties and I'm late thirties and the rest of us are all late thirties and we're in, and, and me and Evan, you know, used to party all the time in Charleston and Charleston is like college town, but also like uh, a city. So there's like grown people. So no matter where you're at, there's always grown people around. But in Auburn, it feels like everyone is kids. And I never think of people like that as kids. But as I'm sitting there, we're sitting at a booth, four grown men, um, you know, I'm married with a kid now. And I'm just looking at all these drunk college students coming in because we're in there late. So they're rolling in late. And it was a place called... Uh, let's do this. Oh yeah, he's Oh, that's no, not not that button. I said boo on the road. Boo on the road. So we kept going to this place called Little Italy Pizzeria in downtown Auburn. And we went there, me and Evan went there three nights. But one night it was me, Matt, and Eric and Evan, and we're all sitting there at this table and we're just laughing and I cannot stop looking at people. I I just and the only college students that I like made friends with were like the weird kids, you know, the ones that clearly nobody else was talking to. They would talk to me. And I, those are the kids I love. I love the weirdos that are just like, we're just trying to make it out here, man. Not like the frat dudes. I got nothing against the frat dudes, but they got plenty of friends and they, they're not looking for a, they're not looking for a father figure at the little Italy pizzeria. And then we went to, I went to uh, my favorite places in Opelika chuck's barbecue i went to chuck's barbecue twice i don't eat pork anymore but i ate a uh a, ch a chopped chicken sandwich very good i actually had two chicken sandwiches each time it's really great and then i went to jim bob's chicken fingers which is uh used to be owned by the same family i don't think it is anymore but what a great place i loved it so just an all-around great trip I mean, I saw so many people. I went to my cousin Kathy's house. I picked up a picture. I have a picture now, and I'm going to look up just so I have this information. I have uh, my Aunt Cat just died. I don't know if I talked about that on here or not, but my Aunt Cat, uh, Catherine Barber was her name, and um, um, she is the lady that I named my daughter after. My daughter is named Daisy, but uh, middle name Catherine. And so I named her after Aunt Cat. Daisy was born, and Aunt Cat got to know that she was born, got to know that I named her after her, and then Aunt Cat died. And Aunt Cat was in her 90s. She lived a very full life, very uh, happy person. I mean, she was... She got married in 1946, and then my dad was born a year later. So that's how much older she is than my dad, and that's why you know she's such a much an much older aunt. Um, and like her daughters are my first cousins, and they're close to my dad's age. Um, but Kat, uh, my aunt Cat, saw a lot of tragedy. She had a. Um, uh, I don't know. She just had a lot going on. And her dad, I mean, her husband died like 30 years ago. So she, um, you know, lived a long time as a, as a widow. And, uh, she has, uh, two daughters, but lots of grandkids and even more great grandkids, just a wonderful lady. And she had a picture hanging on her wall of my great, great grandfather, Daniel Polk Slay. And I loved it. And when she died, I wanted the picture, but I was afraid to ask because I felt like everybody wanted it probably. And I don't, I, I never in my life have had a relative die and been like, let me get some stuff. I hate that. But I just, so I reached out to my cousin and I just said, Hey, if nobody wants that, and I'm sure they do, but if nobody wants it, I'd like to have it. And it's a picture of Daniel Polksley and his wife, who I'm guessing is Susan J. Catherine Chrysler. And so now I have that picture. And, and I think it's a drawing. 
but it's very good. And Daniel Polkslay was born in 1846 and died in 1896. So only 50, 50 years old. And he gave birth to a guy named William Andrew Slay, my great-great-grandfather, born in 1966. And he, um, they found a patent where he patented um, a, what, what was it? A, um, he invented kind of a thing for farming. I got the patent. I got pictures of the patent right here. It is a, uh, a United States Patent Office, a combination corn and cotton cultivator. So this guy was out here farming, and he invented something to make life easier for himself. And then he died in 19... He, my grandfather was born in 1900, and then this guy died in 1940, and then my grandfather died in 1966. So uh, I got an old family, and they're all farmers, probably all poor. I mean, there is maybe one picture that exist of all of them. And I think the oldest one is a drawing and he died at 50. I mean, he was probably working very hard. So that's exciting. <clears throat> and uh, my aunt cat is also the one who used to make me tea cakes, which were delicious. Every time I would go see her, she would have me some tea cakes. So my cousins gave me a, uh, the container and when she used to give me tea cakes in, they let me have the container. And, uh, that was great. You know, it's like none of her, I mean, I'm sure everyone's sad, but no one is really sad because Aunt Cat lived such a full life and she was so like mentally still there up until the very end. And, and she was a Christian lady. Every time I would go there, she would be watching the game show network, but she would have her Bible open on the couch and she was reading the Bible all the time. And uh, so she was ready to go. Uh, so that's that. That is where we've been and where are we going? Well, this week, today, tonight, I'm going to be in um, uh, Zanies, uh, Nashville. Zanies, Nashville will be July 29th at Zanies, my show, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. And that's going to be a fun show. And then uh, tomorrow night, I'm in New Orleans. But I'm in New Orleans at a... Um, a corporate event. I've been hired to do a corporate event, so it's not really open to the public, so it's not on my calendar, but I will be going there for a night. And then uh, on Saturday, July 31st, I'm going to Charleston, South Carolina, to the Charleston Music Hall. I've talked about the Music Hall several times, but I'm very excited to go there. I'll be there um, with Evan Burke, and Evan is also, you know, lived in, lived in Charleston with me, or not with me, but at the same time as me. And so it's just going to be very exciting. So if you're in Charleston on Saturday, come to that show because it's going to be great. And I don't know when I'll be back in South Carolina. So even if you're a little ways away, Columbia, Beaufort, come there because I don't know when I'll be back. Uh, very fun. And I'm going to go, I probably wouldn't, well, I definitely will not do a podcast next week. And I'll go ahead and so I'll go ahead and give where I'm going next week because um, I'm going to fly home on Sunday morning from Charleston, and then I'm going to be home for one night, and then I'm going to fly out to go to New York City on Monday night because on Tuesday I have uh, some press and stuff like that to do because on Thursday night of next week I'll be filming a 30-minute Netflix special for the, uh, TV, the Netflix show The Stand-Ups. Uh, so that's exciting, very exciting stuff. And then uh, the next day, I'll be doing that on a Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that weekend, I'll be in West Nyack, New York at Levity Live Comedy Club. I've never been to West Nyack. I didn't even know West Nyack existed. And based on what I'm seeing of ticket sales so far, West Nyack also doesn't know I exist. So I'm hoping that turns around because we are doing some promo stuff. And a lot of times when I go to an area that I've never been to, that is the case. But I do hope that that can turn around because I'm looking forward to going there. And Aaron Weber will be making that trip with me, who Aaron Weber is in L.A. right now uh, doing the Just for Laughs uh, comedy festival. It's in L.A. instead of Montreal because COVID ruins everything. Um, COVID or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm hoping that I won't have to use the mask rant button again because 
for now, it looks like masks are gone. But from what I understand, they're back pretty strong in L.A. So, I mean, there's some lockdowns happening. And I've been saying all along, it's not over. It's coming back. I mean, but to what extent, I don't know. But I hope it doesn't, but I feel like it is. I hope we're all past it and everything's just going to be great and good and wonderful. But historically, people in control love control. You know, the people who lead us love to lead us. And they don't necessarily want to be leader. They used to be a thing like, you, you know, there's a, there's a, what is it? Uh, a leader and there's a boss and they want to be our bosses. Like a leader leads, a boss bosses. You know what I mean? And uh, so who knows? Uh, it's a good time to pray. If you don't pray, pray. It's a good time. Uh, I got a different Bible verse for Bible verse of the week, but Deuteronomy 28 talks about all the blessings the first half of it talks about all the blessings that God gives you if you follow his commandments. I know we've talked about that before, and it's like, well, what are the commandments? Well, they're all written in the Old Testament, and people argue and say, oh, we're dead to the law, we're dead to the law. But God says, if you follow my commandments, I'm going to give you all these blessings. And if you don't follow my commandments, that's what the second, really the second two-thirds of Deuteronomy 28 are all about. And um, it seems like some stuff that's happening in our country right now, as if God is like showing me that, uh, well, some of this is already happening. So I just want to encourage you, get on your best behavior, get in gear, you know, get ready to get ready to be close. All right. So I don't have, even though I want to push this button anyway, because it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. He's a character. I don't have a character of the week. I just like pushing that button. So what I do have, though, is... I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. All right, movie segment. We're going to talk about one of my favorite actors of all time. If ever he's on the screen, I'm having a good time. I love seeing him. I think he's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this like he's in studio. He's not in studio, but... My actor of the week is Michael Keaton. Yeah. I wish I had an applause button, but that's me clapping. I'm alone in a room clapping to myself. Uh, Michael Keaton, and I have five movies. Actually, I have many more than five, but I'm going to give you my top five, and then I'm going to talk about a few others. Okay, so number five, my top five favorite movie by Michael Keaton is a movie called Mr. Mom. I think it's a great movie. In the movie, I think it's been a while since I've seen it, but he gets fired from his job, and then his wife gets a job making money, and Michael Keaton stays home and raises the kids and does housework and stuff like that. And, you know, now it's not uncommon. At the time of the movie, it was uncommon, and it's just a fun movie. Michael Keaton is a lot of fun. I haven't watched it recently, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, number four is a movie called Birdman. I don't know how many of you guys saw Birdman, but if you didn't see it, I thought it was incredible. I've only seen it one time, but I saw it at the movie theater, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. I loved it. I thought that Michael Keaton was flawless in it. And one of the interesting things that I found about the movie, and I didn't, is that Michael Keaton had, had he's playing a guy who plays a character in a movie, the Birdman, right? He's not Birdman in the movie, I don't believe, but he talks about being Birdman. I could be wrong about this, but I felt like this was a conclusion I drew after seeing the movie, so I think it's correct. It's been several years, and I don't think I had quit drinking by that point, so I probably got drunk later that night. Um... I never liked to watch movies drunk, so I never would do that, but I would definitely get drunk after I watched them. All right, so in Birdman, he talks about regretting making Birdman 4. He's like, I never should have made Birdman 4. But the interesting thing to me is that Michael Keaton was in Batman, which is a lot like a bird, and Birdman, Batman, pretty much the same, all right? So he made Batman 1 and 2, and then 3 was Val Kilmer. But let's just keep it, you know, 
but three was still good. People still enjoyed three. Everyone hates Batman four, unless you love ba- What is it? Batman, uh, Batman and Robin. And I mean, unless you like it in some weird sense, it just, it was a boring movie. It was not good. Uh, I've tried to watch it several times. I don't know that I ever finished the movie. I may give it another try. Um, but it just wasn't good. George Clooney was Batman. I'm told that George Clooney kept the picture of himself as Batman on his desk to remind himself to never take a gig for the money, which I think is a great lesson. But it's easy for George Clooney to say, because he's a millionaire, that he would never take it for the money because, you know, he has millions of dollars. Um, at the time, I'm sure he was like, this is a great idea. But I just think it's funny that in that in that world, Michael Keaton's like, I should have never done Birdman 4. And then in the movie Spider-Man, he plays uh, another bird-like character. And I liked his character in Spider-Man. It doesn't make my list because it's not a Michael Keaton movie. I liked his character in that movie. He was a hardworking guy that got ripped off by the government. And he took matters into his own hands. And I had a hard time rooting against him in the movie. Uh, they wanted him to be evil. They wanted him to be someone that I wanted Spider-Man to beat. But honestly, I didn't. In that movie, I wanted Michael Keaton's character to kill Spider-Man. And uh, even though I do like Spider-Man. Okay, and number three, my third favorite movie by Michael Keaton is Batman. I'm talking Batman 1 and 2. I'm just lumping them together. I thought Michael Keaton was a great Batman. I loved him. Uh, he just, Michael Keaton's the best. I think he's amazing. Number two, my second favorite Michael Keaton movie is Founder. The movie about him, um, I think he plays Ray Kroc in the movie. And I thought that was an amazing movie. I thought that I wouldn't like it for some reason because I'm like, what's the story to tell? A guy creates a burger restaurant, figures out how to poison us, and then keeps selling burgers, all right? Uh but it was really good. And I feel like it's a great insight to probably how all fast food and food uh, companies run their business. I mean, it's like basically like you figure out how to make a, a tasty meal and then figure out how to keep it tasting that way, but sacrifice the ingredients. How can you make it taste good, but not be good? And I think that's what they've done with all of our food. My understanding is there's a lot of countries around the world that have banned ingredients that we have in our food. They ban them because they're terrible for us, but we're like still eating them. And I think that's why we have so many heart problems, so much cancer and, and, um, you know, a lot of overweight stuff because our food's just bad. I do think we overeat because we have an abundant sedentary lifestyle for the most part, but I think there's bad stuff in our food. All right, then honorable mention. Jackie Brown is honorable mention because I thought that was a really fun movie, Quentin Tarantino movie, and I like Michael Keaton's character in it, but it just doesn't, it doesn't reach the top five for me, but I think it's worth mentioning. And then another movie that I used to watch a lot as a kid, kind of a gangster comedy movie, Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton. I thought that was really fun, great movie, uh, but I have not rewatched it. So I don't know how it holds up. And then my number one movie, my number one favorite Michael Keaton movie is Beetlejuice. Nothing beats Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton's character in that blows it away. If they ever make a remake of Beetlejuice, I'll blow up my TV because it is, uh, it cannot be done. Alec Baldwin, um, oh, what's the girl? She's so good uh, in the League of Her Own. Um, I'm not going to look it up. I'll never get it. But she's great. And um, uh, and all the cast of the family, all the other girl that uh, moves in. Uh, she did a lot of great movies. Oh, I can't think of anyone's name. But Michael Keaton was great in it. And so was all the supporting cast. And, um, and I think it's number one and the best. And I'll tell you, then I'm going to talk about this. I did not put multiplicity in there. And the reason is, now multiplicity, in my mind, was always like the best Michael Keaton movie. You get four Michael Keatons in one movie. Gina Davis is who's in Beetlejuice. And then the other, the other girl, I don't know why I can't think of her name. Oh, Catherine O'Hara was in it. Very, very good. I love her. I think she's great. 
And then, oh, Winona Ryder. Also, Jeffrey Jones. All great. They all rounded out this movie in, in, a, in a beautiful way. Uh, looking at IMDb, top build cast, if you go cast, Michael Keaton's third. He's Beetlejuice, and he's third. It's Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and then Michael Keaton. I think that's a failure. But what a great movie. This is the reason I didn't put Multiplicity on there. I rewatched it. I bought it. I couldn't wait to watch it. I don't think Hannah had ever watched it. So I was like, I could not wait to show her this movie. It's so boring. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a really a, a state-of-the-art production for its time, using four Michael Keatons on screen at the same time. But it's just not good. It just doesn't hold up. And I think at least three... Because it's Michael Keaton, and then he clones himself. And then he clones himself twice, and then one of his clones clones itself. So it ends up being like a, like a, a weaker clone. Like it's a little off. But I think he had like, ma he had super masculine Michael Keaton. He had feminine Michael Keaton. And then he had like mentally challenged Michael Keaton. And I think the feminine and the masculine Michael Keaton both slept with his wife. Andy McDowell who I also like a lot. But three of the Michael Keaton, two of the clones banged his wife. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. I mean, I cannot believe what's happening. They're in here running the train on the man's wife. But the way the clone works is it keeps all of his memories. And then once the clone's created, then they start to make their own memories. So they were actually, in their minds, they're like, well, that's our wife. We want to be with her too. Um, but it was good. So there it is. There is the movies. All right. So now we get to the segment, one of my favorite segments. I have things that I say that I hate all the time. This is the things I hate segment. And this is what I hate. I hate when people love to be waited on. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to read what I wrote here and then try to talk about it a little bit. Like when I see people who seem to get real pleasure out of a server or flight attendant doing things for me, you can almost see it in their demeanor when they're handed things or trash is taken from them. They're just like, it's like to them, the waiters aren't people. They're their own personal servant for the, for the duration of this meal. And I've seen all kinds of people do it. As someone who's been a waiter, you can see those people a mile away. They sit down and you go, hey, I'm Dusty. Welcome to Hyman's. I'll be taking care of you. And they like go, oh, sweet tea. Or... Uh, they just, the way they treat you, they're like, this table's not wiped off. And it's like, I'm all about good service. And, uh, I probably could be a little less of an accommodating guest where I'm like, Hey, if, uh, I'd love to get a refill of sweet tea if you have some time, right? I could do that a little less and be like, Hey, I need some tea. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about people that love it. It's like they're, they get pure joy out of getting a waiter just because they're like, yes, I got somebody to boss around in here. I'm about to tell people what to do. I hate that. I don't even hate it so much when it's done to me as I hate it seeing done to people. Like I hate seeing anybody talk to a person that works at a place like they're like they don't exist as a human being like you know i make jokes like you know when i used to dip uh, i would go to the gas station to buy skull or 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 grizzly wintergreen and or or uh kodiak wintergreen was really what i liked kodiak wintergreen that's a delicious dip it rips your mouth up but man the buzz you get off that it's great when I quit smoking, I dipped for two days. I mean, I dipped off and on for a long time, but when I, I quit drinking and smoking in the same day, but I, I quit smoking because I could not breathe. I was just dying, but I was like, I still was fiending for the nicotine, right? So I, I dipped wintergreen for two days, and that second day, I put a dip in, and I felt like I was sinking into my car. It drained all of the life out of me, and I felt like I was sinking. I th felt like I was melting into the car. And so I threw the dip, I threw that dip out and then I got to feeling better. I got to ride down the road and I got to feeling better. And I was like, all right, I'll do another dip. Let's do another dip. And I put another dip in and I started to sink into the car again. And then I threw the dip out and I've never touched it since. 
I still get into cigars, but I haven't had a cigar since January 5th. And I know the date because on January 6th, I ruptured my appendix and I haven't had a cigar since then, but I can't wait. I am going to have another one day, but I do feel like, and I almost hate to say this. I hate to tell myself this because I've been dreaming about a cigar for so long. I have two boxes of cigars, actually more. I probably have close to three boxes of cigars waiting for me. I keep putting moisture packets in there so they'll last. I have them waiting on me, but I feel like the farther I get from not smoking, the less I really want to smoke. And I hate to even say that because I want to do it. That's another thing I hate. But I feel like a lot of it is because it's hot and I don't particularly like smoking in the heat. I like a cigar on a fall night after a show. I like to do a little CBD, have a cigar, contemplate the comedy set that I just did. That's one of my greatest joys in life. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, I can't wait to do it again. But my new greatest joy is my, my daughter and my wife. I, I got to say, I like seeing my wife be a mom. It's an amazing transition to go from knowing someone for a while and knowing them intimately and, and then as like a, you know, just two single, what well, not single, but like a uh, childless uh, artist where we just talk about, you know, we sit around and talk about art and music and, and, and world things and history. And, and then all of a sudden your wife is like a mom. It's an amazing thing to say, to see her care about another person in that way. And this little baby that we've given life to, this little baby, to watch her slowly go from a, uh, an, uh, a newborn to a child, to see her start to come alive to the world and start to realize where she's at, who we are, what she's all about, start to smile, start to laugh, and start to hold her neck up. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. If you don't have kids and you're on the fence about it, just do it. Just do it. It's your job. You're supposed to do it. I, I really believe that we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to have kids. We're supposed to uh, be, fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. Don't let, them, don't let them feed you the overpopulation stuff. It'll all work itself out. There's plenty of space. Have some kids. You'll love it. It'll change you in a lot of ways. And you may think, I don't want to change. I don't need to change. I'm selfish. I like, and it's like, I get it. I was that way too, but it is a beautiful thing. All right, so song of the week. I'm going to play this. This is, uh, I like this guy a lot. This is not particularly the song I like, but my friend Travis sent this to me a while back, and uh, I do like it. But a couple of things kept popping into my head that I felt like I needed to play. So I'm going to play this one just a bit. It's called by Tyler Childers uh, called White House Road. All right, here we go. I'm just going to play a bit of it. Uh, and then never load this podcast to Facebook. Oh, sorry. Early in the morning when the sun goes rise. Okay, so that's it called Tyler Childers, White House Road. Uh, great song. And Tyler Childers also has, uh, um, that album is Purgatory. Now, uh, he has a, an album cover called Country Squire, and he's got a bunch of, um, like, he's got, it almost looks like kind of a, uh, I don't know, some religious type thing, and I just feel like these guys like Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson and all those guys, they, 
they probably were raised religious, raised Christian, and now they're like, they've done some drugs. Like Sergio Simpson is all about that, right? Like, oh, I've done mushrooms and I've seen God and now I know Christianity isn't real. It's like, that's the kind of weird stuff I can't get into, right? Like I'm like, I don't know why this is happening and I don't know why people think that, you know, they're so intelligent now that they can... Um, tell you that a religion that's been around since the beginning of time is now fake and they, they people love to make all kinds of connections and they love to do this and they love to do that and i if, and my personal belief is that a lot of people that we grew up around going to church a lot of churches even now uh do christianity wrong i don't think they read the bible and i think that i don't know what preachers are talking about sometimes but the bible is like I mean, the Bible is spot on. I mean, the more this stuff goes down out here, the more I'm like, wow, God's been talking about this since I, since, I mean, I can't speak to, I don't know who knows what history is actually real, but the Bible, my whole life has been saying these things. And I'm like, just like when Jesus talks about if the world hateth you, remember it first hated me. Like I remember uh, reading that being like, well, I'm, I'm growing up in Alabama and people love Christians. Like, but it's like, that is changing rapidly. So it's wild out here. Uh, this is my life advice. I don't have a joke breakdown this week. My life advice for people. Oh, oh I do have advice to comics. Let's go with the advice to comics first. Um, get a good video of yourself. If you're a new comic and you're trying to, uh, and I don't mean good jokes. Obviously, that's what you need. But I've had a couple of people send me videos recently and, th and they wanted me to watch and I wanted to watch them and the audio was too hard to hear, you know, and I wanted to watch them uh, to help them, but it was hard for me to hear. And if I can't listen to it and I only have one video to listen to or two videos to listen to, then that same video, if you send it to a booker who has, I don't know, a hundred videos to listen to, they're definitely not going to listen to it. And it's going to hurt you from getting booked, even if you have really good jokes and if you're having a really good set. Like, um, you got to get good audio quality. Video quality is important, but audio is number one. I mean, that is, you, you need to have both. But, you know, if you can't afford to buy, you know, there's a roadcaster makes a lapel mic, a wireless lapel mic. That's what I've been using. You hook one to your lapel, plug one into your uh, camera, and then it will record your audio. And it's so good because it also picks up the audience laughter, too. Because if you get a video where they do it from the mic feed, then you only hear the mic. You won't hear the audience. And if you sound like you're bombing, you're not going to get booked. Even if your jokes are fantastic, if it doesn't seem like the audience is laughing, you're not going to get booked. But the, um, so if you can't afford that, it's 200 to 300 bucks and I get it. So if you can't afford it, try, uh, just buying a, uh, a actual wired lapel mic. You can usually get those for like 20 and then plug that into your phone and then edit the audio into the video later. And that should help. But the roadcaster lapel mic is really great. Um, so if you can do that, I would, I would do it, get a, you know, get a cheap camera, 200 bucks buy that. I think you get 400, 500 bucks. You get away with uh, decent video quality and really good audio quality. And it's like, because people sent me these videos and I really wanted to watch them, but I'm like, I'm having a hard time hearing. And if I'm struggling to hear it, the booker is struggling to hear it. And the booker won't struggle to hear it. They'll just cut it off. And then my life advice Again, I always say this. I don't think anyone is sitting around going, man, I hope that guy gives me some life advice today. But it is like an old John Prine song. He says, blow up your TV, throw away your paper, move to the country and build you a home, right? It's like, I wonder if I can find that song. I don't know what it's called. Uh, what did he say? Let's see, I'm looking it up. My Wi-Fi is terrible. I actually love that my Wi-Fi is terrible because I think Wi-Fi is killing us. Maybe this is it. When I was a child, my family would travel down to western Kentucky where my parents were born. And there's a back... Nah, that ain't it, but that's a good song. 
That is a good song. I don't know. I, I would think it would be like the number one song. Um, but I'll probably never find it. Dang, this is it. I bet. She was a level-headed dancer. Yes, this is on it. On the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on the way to Montreal. Well, she pressed her chest against me about the time the jukebox broke. Yeah, she gave me a peck on the back of the neck. And these are the words she spoke. Blow up your TV. Throw away your paper. Go to the country. Build you a home. Plant a little garden. Eat a lot of peaches. Try and find Jesus on your own. I mean, if that is not my straight up life philosophy, I don't know what is. That's what I'm saying. Turn off your TV. Stop listening to the news. Go outside. Plant a flower or a vegetable or a fruit. You'll feel a lot better. And I'm telling you this because I know that because that's what I've been doing. I mean, I grew up kind of a farm life a little bit, you know, but uh, my dad lives on a farm. But I didn't particularly appreciate it as a kid. I couldn't wait to get to some kind of city. And but now as all the crazy stuff is going on, I mean, I live in a neighborhood, right? I bought some land, but I don't have a house out there. I want to get something out there. I may put a trailer out there. I don't know. But I do have a, a bit of a yard and I planted, I got, I know I've talked about this, but I got watermelons, I got cucumbers, I got uh, beans, uh, tomatoes, uh, lots of different kinds of lettuce. The insects keep eating my lettuce and I don't want to use pesticides, but uh, I got corn growing and all of this stuff is growing and I'm able to pick them off of there and eat it. And it is amazing. I feel good. I feel wonderful. I mean, you know, I think we should block out all news, but it may be important to kind of pay attention a little bit to what's going on, but try to stay off too mainstream of a source because I just think, I don't mean that you got to get, become a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, um, the super mainstream sources, I think it's just, they're just trying to scare us to death. They're trying to scare us and they're trying to divide us. Um, and I just, refuse to be divided. I love all people. I mean, I'm religious. I'm Christian, right? But if you're not that, that doesn't make me not like you. I'm all about loving people. I love I love all kinds of people. And I think it's wonderful. I love to be around people that are different than me because it's fun because when you when you think someone's so different for you from you but you uh, start having conversation you and you realize how much you actually have in common. It's so much fun. Those are my favorite things. It's, it's awesome. So I'm like, the more simple you can make your life, take your shoes off, walk barefooted in the grass, plant some flowers, try to get some bees to come to your yard. Just do those things and you connect to the earth. And I'm not trying to be all hippie on you out here. I'm just saying connecting to the earth, feeling good, eating fresh, vegetables that you've grown yourself it feels good like just crunching like ripping off a cucumber off a vine and then crunching it right there in the yard is one of the greatest things i've ever done it feels good unplug disconnect that's what i'm saying about wi-fi my wi-fi sucks at my house but you know what i love it i hope it keeps sucking because i don't know what wi-fi is but any magic stream that can bring videos wirelessly through the air into my phone or computer probably isn't good for my body. I don't know what it is, but it's just out there in the air. Either it's magic or it's some type of radiation wave that I don't want, but I still have it. I'm told I've never tried the experiment because sometimes my plants die anyway, so I ne would never know if the the, the thing was true, but they say if you put a plant next to a router, it'll die. I don't know if that's true. Okay, so this is my Bible verse of the week. I'm going to read, uh, it's three verses actually. I think you should read the whole chapter. Uh, I was, you know, I get worried about things from time to time, and uh, I need a motivational uh, word from the Lord, 
And, um, uh, and, and, and at least the first verse of this, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, pretty popular. Everyone that's a Christian or has been a Christian's probably read it, probably heard it, probably seen it on some wall in some restaurant or family member's house. Uh, but the whole chapter, uh, Jeremiah 29 is really amazing. I mean, Jeremiah, I've been reading a lot of that. There's so many things in there, uh, that, uh, I'd like to get into and may get into later, but I'll read this for, I know the thoughts that I, this is God speaking. Uh, Oh, okay. It it gives it away here for, I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. I just think it's amazing, right? I think that that, that God is saying here, some other translations seems like it makes it a little more clear, but uh, it's like God has peaceful thoughts for us. If, If our life is in chaos, if our mind is in chaos, that's not coming from God. That's not what God wants from for us. And he has, uh, peace for us and and we must search for him with all our heart and we will find him. He says, you'll find me. If you do those things, you will find me. And I think that's amazing. I think, um, it's really great. That's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, but read the whole, whole chapter of 29. Uh, amazing stuff. And, um, and again, this weekend, I will be in Charleston. I'll be in, I'll be at Zanies tonight, but I'll be in Charleston, South Carolina, um, um, this Saturday, the 31st. And some people have sent me some emails, some encouraging emails about Bible talk. I appreciate that. Um, some uh, encouraging thing about my comedy. One guy sent, ordered a hat from me. And then I sent it to him, and then I don't keep very good track. I have it all in my head, and I've honestly never made this mistake all the times that I've been sending merch. I have it all in my head where I've sent in it, uh, but I sent him a second hat. I didn't realize I already sent it to him, so I sent him another, and he sent me an email um, asking me could he send it back to me because he appreciated that I uh, – well, he, he felt like I made a mistake, and I appreciate that honesty. Um, so, and, uh, and somebody sent me a song that is on Apple music, but you know what I mean? Let's, um, let's play this. He said, it's a good world song. I finished a little early. I mean, this is my, I got all my, all my stuff done that I wanted to talk about. And uh, I always feel like throughout the week, I have all these things I want to talk about. And then I get here and I'm like, ah, oh, dang, I forgot. But I try to write them down. But let's, this is the song he sent me. Let's play a little bit of this by Buffalo Springfield. I never heard this before. All right, that's by Buffalo Springfield. That seems like something I'll listen to on the way home from a comedy club after doing some CBD. I'll get into it. All right, here's a comment that just came through. This might be fun. Uh, Just came to my email. This is on a YouTube video I put out about uh, telling some trailer park stories. It's stories that I've told here on the podcast. Uh, And I'm going to just try to read this. I don't know what it says, but it's a bit of a longer comment. I'm going to read this. Uh, I think everyone has an awkward story about five-year-old friends peeing weird. I was playing with toys with this kid in his basement one time, and all of a sudden he had to pee. The bathroom was at the other side of the next room. For some reason, in his five-year-old brain, he must have thought that once he was past the doorway, it was like he was around the corner and I couldn't see him. So he pulled his pants down in an effort to save time later, when he made it to the actual toilet. 
He waddled the rest of the way to the bathroom with his pants around his ankles. I remember thinking, no, 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 all wrong. He would have made it to the bathroom faster if he wasn't tripping over his pants the whole way. And he wouldn't have had to see his flapjacks. Oh, I wouldn't have had to see his flapjacks, sausage, and biscuits. Dribbling a little droplets of pee all over his parents' basement as he faded away into the darkness. I told my parents I didn't really like hanging out with that kid, and I don't think we ever had another play date. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, I, I guess that the hang would have to be pretty bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to see my friend's penis as, uh, as he sells it, flapjack, sausage, and biscuits. But if we were having a good time, I think I could look past the pee. I mean, my friend Nikki, she peed her pants. That's what this is referring to. We kept playing, I think. But, yeah, I mean, people are weird with peeing. I peed my pants in, like, elementary school, I think. I think a couple of times. I probably had some trauma going on, though. My parents were divorced. Uh, and uh, I think I always think about that sort of thing. Like, I remember peeing my pants a couple of times. Like, it was, it was kind of in defiance at least one time was kind of in defiance because I asked to go to the bathroom and I got to pee. I got to pee all the time. I'm a peer. And I asked to go to the bathroom and the teacher wouldn't let me go. And so I peed my pants. And, uh, you know, but I was a, probably a messed up kid. Who knows? I peed my pants one time. I don't think it was on purpose. And then I, I remember we had like the fire trucks visiting us that day in PE and I thought I was hiding my pee the whole time. Some teacher should have pulled me to the side and just said, hey, let's call your parents. But instead, I just walked around with pee. It was like the scene from Billy Madison, <laughs> but except the, except the cool older kid going back to school didn't pee his pants uh, to make me feel better. Oh, I remember one thing I wanted to talk about. Story from my past I wanted to talk about. Because I, I had said that all of these things were like a story from their, from their past. Uh, this whole this whole thing was like a story from my past, but I did have something. Um, when I was a, a kid, I remember, I remember like a, I was a super little kid, and I remember like pooping my pants real bad, and then and then my dad found like a penny in my poop, like I had gotten real sick, and he found a penny in there. So apparently, I had swallowed a penny, and I just remember my whole life being like remembering that I swallowed a penny and it made me poop real bad, right? My body really had to get rid of that penny. And then my dad was telling me the story. My parents got divorced when I was like two or three, and I was probably like five here. So growing up, my dad had custody of me every other weekend. So like I would spend, I'd go to school in Opelika with my mom, and then I'd spend one weekend with her, and then I would go to school, and then I'd spend that weekend with my dad, just in case you're unfamiliar with how that works. But that's what would happen. So then I would go spend two days with my dad. So my dad was telling me that I swallowed the penny while he had someone babysitting me so he could go on a date. So I'm thinking, all right, you got me every other weekend. Of 14 days, I'm with you for two. And you had to go on a date then? You had to get a babysitter for the two nights out of 14 I'm with you. Out of an entire 28 days, I'm with you for four days. <laughs> and you're like, I got to go on a date. I got to go on a date. Now, if that lady ended up being his wife and they had been married since I was five years old, I'd be like, all right, I get it. You had to go on a date. But you went on a date with a lady that it didn't work out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he got laid. I don't know. But I just think that's so funny. I just was like, that's what it's like for me to hear stories from my parents now. I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. My dad had me when he was 35. I was probably five. So he was 40. So my dad was roughly my age right now. And he's like, I got to go on this date. Sorry, son. <laughs> Sorry, why don't you stay with this friend of mine that's going to let you eat pennies? <laughs> but, so, I pooped the penny up. But I guess uh, my dad had to be punished uh, by digging through my poop to get the penny out. So, I guess in the end, it's worth it. My dad had to dig into the poop to get the penny out. That was his punishment. Uh, he deserved it for letting me be babysat by a guy uh, 
instead of hanging out with me. I mean, what is going on with that? Parents are wild out here, you know? They are wild. You ever see like, I mean, it's weird to see people's parents now. Like I had some, this girl that I went to high school with named Lindsay, her parents came and they introduced themselves to me after. And I, apparently I had, I, I remember I had been over to their house a couple of times growing up and I just think, and like they're at my show now and I'm just like, oh yeah, you guys are parents, but we're like, we're all adults now. And it's like Mr. Conway, my art teacher, I still have trouble not calling him Mr. Conway. Dude's name's Jeff. And I'm like, Mr. Conway. And I'm like, he's like, is Jeff. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, but you're always going to be Mr. Conway to me. So, all right, listen, we had a great time here. I had a good time. You had a good time. We had a good time. We're having a good time. I'll see you in Nashville or in Charleston, South Carolina, or in West Nyack, New York next week. All right, we're having a good time.